The following audio content is a talk given at the Inn, a college ministry of University Presbyterian Church in Seattle, Washington. For more information, please visit our website, theinnseattle.org. Good to be here. For those of you that don't know who I am, I'm Katie Hunter. I am an Inn lover and an ex-Inn intern two years ago now, which is crazy. Um, And I'm pretty honored to be here to speak And glad that it coincided with this series, um, because it's something that I'm passionate about, and even more so curious about, um, this idea of how do we engage with God better, more deeper, more authentically. Um, And I think if this is a question that we can seek out, I think other issues and questions we have will fall to the wayside. Um, I am going to ask that you bear with me. I'm trying to enunciate. Um, I'm not contagious, but I do have a strep throat. <laughs> so bear with me. I might ask people to read for me if I if I get tired. Um, but that said, though, I was assigned um, Matthew sixteen thirteen through fifteen. So I'm going to throw it up on the board, and we'll get to work. It says, "When Jesus came to the region of, I leave that word out because I don't know how to pronounce it, Philippi, he asked his disciples, "Who do people say the Son of Man is?" They replied, "Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others." Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked. Who do you say I am? So the first thing I noticed, questions. Jesus seems to love questions. And the funny thing is, he never has to ask me if you think about it. He knows all of the answers to everything. Um, And yet he still asks. And so I don't have a huge revelation about that, other than the fact that it just seems to sit right with me. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I seem to be asked a hard question by God every single day. Um, And there are days where I pray to not have that happen, because that means learning and growth. And learning and growth is exhausting. Um, But I think with that, I think what I'm learning is that just, if he knows the answers and he still asks, he must really value questions. And I think beyond that, he must really value the process of seeking answers. And I think we forget that last part. Um, I think lately I've heard a lot of comforting quotes about living into the questions and not being worried about the answers. And people seem to keep giving me that because I'm 25 and single and have a part-time job. I'm like, what are you guys trying to say? Um, (laughs) And I think it's, I have that quote on a journal. I think it's partly really good. It's a really good skill to have, to be able to sit with uneasiness and sit with questions 100% um, and about that. But I also think for me, there's another flip side where um, it's an excuse, a justification to just not have my shit together um, and to not stand firm on something and to not, to co- not commit. Um, and so I do think, I don't think that Jesus wants us in this kind of floating this abyss of questions and unknowns for no reason. Um, I think he asks us questions, yes, to get us to start thinking for ourselves and to wrestle, but for the end goal of, coming up with an answer. I don't think God asks like rhetorical questions just to just ponder. I think he's like, give me an answer. I'm asking you a question. Um, let me get on track here. I get off a little bit. <laughs> I get passionate. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, so sorry. Yeah, with that in mind, um, I wanted to look at the questions that God poses in the passage. I'll admit that I read through it um, I read through it the first time, and I was like, oh, this is easy. I got this. Like, I know what God's saying. Um, I tend to do that, which 
made me think about my favorite comedian, and it has nothing to do with this passage, but I just had to play the clip that I thought of, so I'm going to play it for you guys. <laughs> it's Brian Regan. I saw this documentary recently on whales. <laughs> this guy has dedicated his life to telling you what the whales are saying. Wow. I don't know how you'd argue with him when he turns in his report. And he just throws it down there. Well, here's what the whales are saying. Okay, thanks, Charlie. He's looking back. Here's what the whales are saying. Yeah, Charlie figured it out. They show how he does it. He's out on a ship. He's got a pencil. And he deciphers the whale noises as he hears them. You know, he'll hear like... He's like, oh, okay. Oh. He's lonely. No, you're lonely. I'd like to do that for like two weeks and then turn around and find out that the door's squeaking behind you. Um, so that was more just, I don't know, for fun. Um, that's a little clip of who I am. I think that's funny. Um, but with that in mind, I am not pretending to know what God's saying, although I do often feel like he's a whale. And I'm like, what are you saying? Um, but I did, <laughs> I did sit with this passage for a while, um, and I felt like I was making markings and trying to decipher. Um, and it was kind of just the, the verse that kind of my life filtered through the last couple of weeks, and so I would ask that you just sit and listen to what I've come up with. Um, and you can sift through it, take what you want. Could be a load of dookie. I don't know. Um, but so here's, here's what I hear. I hear two questions. The first question, who do the people say the Son of Man is? So who do the crowds say that I am? Second question is this. God asked Peter, who do you, do you say that I am? Um, and when I read through this the first time, again, I nearly overlooked the first question. Because the second question seems so much more important. Um, to me. I, I'm a visual learner, so I think when I read scripture, I often have to visualize what's happening, and I often picture God as Gandalf. <laughs> and so in my brain, I'm kind of going through it, and it seems like, okay, so he's in front of all the hobbits, and he's like, who do you guys say that I am? And his little staff. Um, but then in my mind, he like kneels down next to me, who I'm Frodo always in the scenarios. <laughs> <laughs> he kneels down next to me, and he's like, almost whispering, but who do you say that I am? And it just seems to hold, like, so much more weight. Um, and just that personal relationship with God and him asking you personally questions. And um, I don't want to take away from that. I think that's one of the most important aspects of faith is your personal relationship with Christ. But I will say that as I sat with this scripture, the scripture, I was, became increasingly aware of the first question. Um, it happened when I was sitting with my family at the 4th of July it was me, my cousin Brittany, her boyfriend Jimmy, her mom, my Aunt Pam, and my mom. And somehow we got on the topic of astrology signs. And Brittany was trying to, sorry, it's not funny, but if you believe in astrology signs, that's great. Um, <laughs> she was trying to argue that there's validity in astrology signs um, determining personality traits. And so... She's a Leo. So I was like, okay, so you're saying that Leos are all just pretty much generally the same 
Like, I could put them all in a pretty small box. And she goes, oh, yeah. Like, me and my mom were both Leos. We're, like, super similar. Well, first of all, it's your mom <laughs> who's blood-related, and you grew up in the same household. So you're, I hope you have some similarities. Um, but I wanted to hear her arguments. So I was like, okay, so, like, what? And she was like, um, we both have really big hearts. We love to serve. And she kind of ended it laughing and then looked at her boyfriend and goes, I don't know if anyone would, would say that about me, but I think it's true. <laughs> and so we're all just dying laughing, like, well, oh, okay. At that point, the conversation was just over. Um, but I kind of sat back and I realized, that's an interesting thought. Um, I was just like, huh, so what people say matters? Um, and I'm not telling you that, I'm asking you that. Um, do, do you think what people say, what we say matters, that words matter? Um, and to the point where I want you guys to actually turn in small groups, whatever, five people if you want, um, talk about where you stand on that. Where, uh, where do you stand? Do words matter? Is there a time that matter, a time that they don't? And why? Just talk for a minute about it. Um, as I walked around, I heard a lot of, yeah, they do matter. Um, does anyone say the thing that they don't? I guess is what I'll ask. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> awesome. Um, I, I think I would also agree and say that, yes, they do matter. But I think there's also like a, there's something missing. I think, yeah, words matter generally. Um, I think you can hurt people's feelings. I think you can affirm people with words. Um, but I think um, that there's weight and words matter, especially when they're in line with the truth. Um, and so... My friend Chris Thurton, who speaks next week, shameless plug, comes, come out and hear him, um, reminded me that when we don't speak truth, it's like that example, if you guys have heard it, there's three sides to a story. One, what person A has happened. Two, what person B has happened. And three, what actually happened. And in this scenario, three is truth and three is God. And so when I'm not speaking truth or in line with truth, I'm just another scenario. And who's to say that person A, me, has any validity over person B. I'm just literally babbling words. So I read that second question in that same light. Kate, who do you think that I am? And I think I get the sense that God's saying, and don't just blabber a bunch of words back at me. Um, Seek truthful answers. Who do you say that I am? And who am I? Who do I show that I am? Who do I say that I am? And go from there. Um, I think often I'm the kind of person that I'm like, oh, here's how I feel what God is, or um, this is what I've seen, this is what someone told me. But I think he is requiring more of us in seeking truthful answers, not just answers. Um, and the funny thing is that for me, this is when the questions actually start to coincide. In the process of figuring out the question who God is to me, I ask other people. I don't know if you guys do that, but I this week had... Great conversations with friends and family. Um, you know, listen to sermon, read books. And so what people are saying now determine my answers. Which I just thought was pretty neat. Um, and I know we all love when a message ends on a happy note. And it's like, okay, so you search and you seek and you ask questions and you find answers. And it's great, the end. Hashtag boom. <laughs> And I'm afraid that that might not be your experience. 
Um, the thing about this passage, actually, is that Peter answers God, and he's right on the money. So God asks Peter, who do you think that I am? And Peter answers, you are the Messiah, the Son of God. And God says, I'll throw it up on the board for you guys. Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. He's basically saying, uh, you're around the money, dude. Like, yes, you're spot on. Okay, but then in the very same chapter, literally verses down, Jesus says this to Peter as well. Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. And I don't know why, but I was like blown away. Like, How can Peter be so right, like to the point where God's like, dude, you're so right. <laughs> and then be a stumbling, like you're Satan all of a sudden. Um, I was like, wow, Peter, he has, you know, um, bipolar disorder. <laughs> um, but I believe that this is our human condition that we are not able to fully ever comprehend truth, especially on, in a broken world and broken bodies. But I don't think that that means that there are no answers, and I don't think that means to not search. Um, I think we get to new places and new levels, and more questions are revealed to us, or um, we expand our comprehension, and then with, within that, that encompasses new unknowns. Um, I heard this in a sermon last week. The pastor was actually quoting another pastor, T.D. Jakes, who preaches in Houston, Texas, and he says, new levels, new devils. And I love that. I think at first it feels discouraging. You're like, okay, I'm kind of going to keep hitting these roadblocks and these bumps, um, but I want it to be an encouragement. Whenever you hit a question that's really difficult or you hit a stumbling block or you basically just feel like you just suck at life in general, um, that it's because you're moving. Um, so I don't necessarily have any answers for you, which I apologize about. Um, you're probably sitting here wondering, well, why the hell am I here listening? Um, but I have encouragement, um, and that would be to just to engage um, in this process that God seems to love so much. Um, again, he has all the answers, and he doesn't have to take the time to ask questions and wrestle with us, but he does. And so I would ask um, and encourage that you welcome those questions and that you seek truthful answers. Um, and so to get you started, there's paper underneath your chairs. If you brought a journal, that's great. Um, I'm just going to end by taking a couple minutes. Um, be thoughtful about it. You don't have to, I guess, but it's been helpful to me to write things down. Um, you could write down... <laughs> You could write down your responses to your responses to the passage itself, to anything that I've said. You could write down um, the answers to the questions that they're asked. Who do the people around you say that God is? Or what do you feel like people say that God is? And then who do you say God is? Um, or lately, I've been writing, writing letters to myself from God, and obviously I'm not God. Um, but just trying to hone in on what I feel like he's trying to tell me. So I'd ask that you take a couple minutes, and then I'll close this in prayer. Heavenly Father, uh, thanks for this day. Thanks for letting us gather amongst friends to learn more about you. Um, I'll be the first to admit that often learning about you often feels more like a burden than a gift. 
but I realized that most often it's because it coincides with you shaping and molding me. And I thank you for taking the time to do that with each one of us. Um, I ask that you give us courage to welcome questions and to seek truthful answers. Thanks for loving us. Amen.